Very nice. 30th anniversary of Black Monday, and you take us back there. No, not all the way back. Oh, okay, 97. 97. 20 years, not 30. So, yeah, I have to pick a song from 97, and why not Umbop by Hanson after all? You know, the band's still out there 20 years later, and who knows, they could make a comeback. Uh, At least people would call it that, I suppose, if they had another hit. But in any case... I bring this up because that's what's going on with something called the Fed model. It dates back to 1997. It showed up in a Federal Reserve staff report to Congress. And then uh, Ed Yardeni, the market strategist, found it, labeled it as the Fed model, and then introduced it and put it out there. And here we are 20 years later, and Yardeni is referring back to the Fed model because of some comments that Fed Chair Janet Yellen made over the weekend talking about asset values and how they were looking rather high. And then when you take interest rates into account, it's kind of a different equation. And that's what the Fed model does, is it looks at earnings for the S&P 500, uh, projected earnings, and then sort of stands them on their head to calculate what would be called a forward or an estimated earnings yield, and compares that with the yield on 10-year treasuries. And when you run the numbers, you find out that the earnings yield is about three percentage points higher. So in other words, you know, stocks have value still mm-hmm. relative to bonds, even after eight and a half years of gains in the S&P 500. And to contrast that with where we've been, uh, you look back to the market's peak in 2007, the gap was about one point. And in fact, the, it was negative in 2000 when markets hit a high back then. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. Dave Wilson, thank you so much. So from the so-called Fed model to the Fed chief, Janet Yellen, and some momentum against him. Let's bring in our Kevin Cirilli, chief Washington correspondent at Bloomberg News, put out a story about how conservatives are campaigning against another term for Janet Yellen. Kevin, come on in on this story. What's going on? Yeah, I spoke with several top aides to Republican members, including Representative Warren Davidson, a Republican from Ohio. He actually took former House Speaker John Boehner's seat, and he is speaking out very much against Janet Yellen, who just completed her meeting, I'm told, uh, headlines crossing the terminal now, uh, at the White House with President Trump. They have a lot of concerns. They think that she has expanded the regulatory regime structure at the central bank, and they also think that she has applied the regulatory structure internationally here in the United States. So not just they're criticizing her monetary policy, but also her regulatory policy as well. Well, interesting. Um, You know, is this going to matter to President Trump? I mean, in terms of he making the decision about who comes next at the Fed, is he going to be listening? He just hasn't listened to a lot of conservative Republicans so far, necessarily. Will this be different? Well, I think what's interesting is that when you look at the other names on the list, people like John Taylor, Kevin Borsch, Jerome Powell, Gary Cohn, I mean, these are folks who everyone that I'm speaking with up on Capitol Hill as well as in the financial services industry in Washington, D.C., they're much more receptive to those names on the list. And they all say that they prefer really anybody else but Janet Yellen. Now, that said, Janet Yellen does have 
her supporters. In fact, uh, a lot of Democrats uh, actually uh, opted for her as opposed to Larry Summers back when she was first nominated by President Obama, uh, former President Obama, rather, during her several years ago. So it's really going to be interesting to see how people like Senator Elizabeth Warren, a member of the Senate Banking Committee, engage in this confirmation process, because whomever the president picks, and we're told that'll be coming sometime soon over the next couple of days, uh, weeks even, uh, that will have to be sent to the Senate Banking Committee for confirmation. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, But we are expecting a decision uh, shortly, correct, within maybe the next week or two? Yeah, so the White House has been very tight-lipped on this. I can tell you that in addition to Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin and Gary Cohn, who have been working on this, uh, also has been Vice President Mike Pence. I've spoken with several aides and sources familiar with the Vice President today who tell me that the Vice President has been very much engaged in this process. We should note that there are a lot of connections to John Taylor, uh, through uh, not only the vice president's office, but also the House Financial Services Committee, chaired, of course, by Jeb Henserling. So a lot of uh, policy going on behind the scenes. Uh, this is like the Super Bowl for the Federal Reserve uh, <laughs> about who's up and who's down. But we're monitoring it very, very closely. Right, without the halftime show. All right. Going to yeah. leave it there. <laughs> it could be good. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Kevin Cirilli, nice to get uh, you here on uh, Bloomberg Radio. Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent at Bloomberg News, joining us on the phone from the nation's uh, capital. You can check out all things on Twitter at uh, Kev Cirilli, K-E-V-C-I-R-I-L-L-I. All things government, all things Fed. Just go to Bloomberg.com. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio.